Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Banter Boys podcast. My name is Sanji. With me is Ross. How you doing, Ross? Welcome, welcome, welcome. First of all, happy birthday, Sanji. Last week you wished me on air, and now I'm wishing you on air. Cheers, buddy. How old are you now? Too old. Too fucking old for this game, definitely. <laughs> but, a, but a royal 31, I'll take it. I'll take it. Royal 31. Hey, you know what? I thought since it was a birthday podcast, special episode, special game week, we don't have fixtures. I thought, you know, we'll bring on a special guest. So introducing our first ever community guest from the Fantrax community, Mr. Andres, a.k.a. Mr. Poe. How is it going? <laughs> what is going on, guys? It's an honor, man. You guys are like, when you're looking at this right here, right now, and I see your faces and you hear it in your ears. It's, it's phenomenal, man. Wow. <laughs> thank you, but everything's thank you. great, man. No, definitely, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm really glad that you reached out to us and uh, through the idea, hey, um, I just want to know if, you know, I can come on an episode. And I was like, sure, no one ever wants to come on an episode. Definitely. Let's do this. <laughs> and, you know, Andres, you seem like a very active guy in the community. I don't know if a lot of people know about you. So I thought, you know what? Let's start the podcast with some basic questions so the listeners get to know you. All right? Awesome. All right. That's fine with me. All right. So where exactly are you from? All right. I am Colombian. That's my nationality. And I live here in the United States in New York. So, you know, it's a very different dynamic from, you know, speaking English to speaking Spanish. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a very big transition. Yeah. I had the opportunity to learn it for like four to five years because Trinidad is close to Venezuela. Mm -hmm. So we also have like, you come to Trinidad now, we have a lot more like Latin speaking people in the country. So it's definitely awesome to see um, a wide variety of uh, people like from different races, different cultures, different backgrounds, playing the community, like playing the game and bringing us together, you know? It's so random, <laughs> but it's beautiful. I'm telling you, man, it's international, man. Yeah. It's international. It's a whole melting pot in Twitter, bro. It's amazing. And that's, that's the beauty <laughs> of football, you know? It brings people together. Um, so, Ross, I'm going to let you run through the questions, actually. I don't want to take your take your jam, you know? So I'll let you run through the rest, Ross. I'm, I'm good with either. But I think, I think the most important thing, just so we can kind of see where we align with you in terms of rivalries, Andres, what's your favorite football team? Oh, man. Are we talking about EPL or are we talking about just in general? We can do both. We can do both. We can do both. Oh, All right. Yeah. So my, my favorite EPL team, I would have to say... Uh, there's so many players that I love, man. I just wish I could pick all of them. But my favorite one that I've actually enjoyed a little bit has been, surprisingly, Everton. <laughs> I, I know, and it sucks. It sucks. I know, I know, I know. But that be that first beginning on that September, man, oh, I was like in moonlighting, you know? It's amazing. Bro, it's the Hamas Rodriguez pull. 100%. <sighs> Hundred percent. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I understand that. Yeah, I understand that. It's it's just like how all South Korean fans are Tottenham Hotspur fans, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. That's true. Definitely true. <laughs> but what's your best? What's your favorite team overall? Then my favorite team of all time, Atletico Madrid. That's my that's my team. We've got a very difficult game tomorrow, then, Andres. Are you nervous for the tie? Oh, oh man. I hope we make it through, man. I I I, I listen. I love Chelsea. They're a great team, but. Atletico Madrid, man, they just they they special that's how Simeone is, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a special team. They always come back on like one sip, so don't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I would have loved to see Simeone uh coach the Albi Celeste. Oh man. Because it's quite painful because being a Trinidadian supporter, like my, my country doesn't make it to lots of international tournaments. And when we do, we don't perform very well. Uh so growing up I had the opportunity to support, you know, other close by nations so for me it was supporting Argentina so it's very difficult watching like Simeone do so well with Atletico Madrid when you see the Argentine team go to so many finals and then just always fall short you know you know so funny I feel like if if Argentina would have like signed or maybe eventually in the future signed Simeone as a coach for Argentina um I don't think Messi would fit probably not the team yeah. the no the team would work well, though. Like, whatever other players, that would definitely work well with them. But but Messi's play style is completely different from Simeone's, man. Yeah. He's so robust. He wants you to uh, track back, you know, and ah, it depends. Which is probably better, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. So 
Now, speaking more about, like, the draft format, uh, Andres, when and how did you kind of start, like, get into, like, fantasy and more specifically, like, draft? Did you, were you part of the Toga format or did you just kind of jump into fan tracks? This is actually my second year oh, of wow. doing uh, fan tracks. Okay. I've, I, I, I've looked into the one in um, the EPL site, the OP. Yeah, OFPL. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one, and then yeah. I didn't, eh, it was all right. It didn't look like, you know. More engaging than what it is now yeah, with Fantrax. Definitely. Um, on my first year, I joined a, um, one of my friends' um, league. I ended up winning because, actually, because of look Twitter. I did not know Twitter. Like, <laughs> I was like, hey, man, I, I need information, you know? Yeah. Who, who do I get? Blah, blah, blah. Because, <laughs> you know, you just watch the EPL and you're like, oh, snap. Okay, I'm getting Salah. I'm getting, you know, the typicals. Yeah. 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 But, um, Twitter got me into like more into it, and I actually ended up winning um, my league there, but I lost the playoffs. Uh, story of my life, Russ. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, I definitely like the 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 experiences given me. So I I feel like I'm more into it. Like you know, like depending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keeping on that, and you and even though you've only played two seasons, Sanji is a very big fan of picking like the worst players in the first couple of rounds like, he picked Martial this season he picked under her like two seasons ago like it's like you know it it never usually kind of works out with him like his first picks or second picks are just like why even pick them Sanji on that note do you know like what your worst ever draft pick has been uh what would be my worst draft pick um I would have to say Maguire how early? Early. How, How early? early? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it was. It was no. It wasn't. It wasn't this season. It was the season before when I picked up Maguire. I picked him up uh, round five. Ooh, that is early. Oh, uh, bro! Early. I picked him up round five. I got rid of him, and then he just started being nice. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, really? But then now, now, now I realize when you start doing drafts, you're you're. Uh, you start to realize when is a good time to start picking up defenders. Yeah. And now I'm the kind of guy who gets forwards first and then midfielders and then defenders. Yeah. yeah. I worry about yeah. the defenders later because, well, I'll tell, I'll tell you more as soon as, you know, we yeah, get yeah, more yeah, into yeah. it. You know, <laughs> I got trade secrets. Uh, <laughs> in your league, do you play with Fab or do you just do the traditional waiver wire? This is my first year using Fab. Okay. Same here. <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, I did not spend it well. well <laughs> no one did. <laughs> I know. Somebody uh, spent 97-fab uh, in our league on Gareth Bale and doesn't own him anymore. Oh, man. That's nothing, man. I spent 160-fab for James Rodriguez. <laughs> wow. What was, your, what was your total budget? The total budget was 100. I got rid of uh, Rashford. <laughs> Wow. I got rid of Radio. I was I don't know. I just I just had I had this like epiphany like James Rodriguez is gonna be a freaking a monster destroying freaking Bruno Fernandez and Kevin De Bruyne. I mean he was showing that form though for a while. Yeah he was. He he definitely was. And the funny thing is, the funny thing is, um in that league when I spent that much fab, um I ended up uh I was in a, I think like an eleven game wing streak and I had no striker and I picked up Bamford. Oh man, wow. and that was a ride. Ooh. Yeah, so I had I, I had no like I had like pretty much not like a you know a good striker, and he was in the waiver wire, and I picked him up. So it kind of worked yeah, out a little that's bit. Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like to be honest, I think if James Rodriguez was a bit more physical, he'd fit perfectly into this league, right? Yeah, I think man. his whole idea is that people tackle him, and then he gets injured, and then you're just like, okay, cool, like let's not tackle him, but it's the EPL. Like, your people are just going to lunge at you and, like, you know, elbow and whatever, because yeah. that's just the nature of the league, right? So I think if he was just a bit more physically stronger, I think he'd be he'd be consistently playing games. His only fault is that he gets injured too easily. He's such... He's, he's the kind of player that just, like, man... He just opens up so much space, yeah. man. Like he, he yeah. like he like it's like it's like think of him like a drone. Like he just looks around the field and he just sees a random player in the corner. He, just, he makes a freaking. Move. He's always you know. Yeah, his ability to open up the pitch is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his his creativity is great. It really, really is. Yeah, he's. I feel like his mind goes more faster than his legs. You know, <laughs> yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. If, yeah, it's, it, it just de- it depends, man. You know how old is he now? Like twenty, twenty eight, twenty nine. 
You know, he's yeah. he's getting he's getting older. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But hey, you know, just enjoy it for now. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so I guess um, a bit a bit about you, I guess, is what is your favorite beer or drink of choice? We didn't even ask him if he drinks. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably. Yeah, <laughs> that's. What... <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't normally drink, but there's two things I like. I like Corona with a little lime, uh-huh. and I love, love, love Colombian Aguardiente, which is like Colombian uh, rum. Okay. So, you know, that, oh, yeah. that, I'm just, I'll get completely gone with one shot. That's I, I love the <laughs> accent that I, I he brought a... to the podcast as well. Like, our culture <laughs> level just went up, ugh, like, tenfold. <laughs> like, great. That's no, no, I had a friend from uh, Colombia during university, and I think, like, we were in the same floor together, and he loved corona like he built a statue out of all the corona bottles he drank That's crazy like it was it was crazy and he put like glow sticks in there to make it like a uh, like a christmas tree during that time because like <laughs> we were living on residence and all these people had were like beer bottles and stuff so um it, maybe it's a colombian thing i don't know <laughs> probably <laughs> um and to kind of like last question is if you like i mean hopefully uh, you play football, um, or soccer. I don't know what you call it. Uh, for yeah, I call them both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what position do you play in a in an eleven? Um, man, I just love the left back role, center back role. Uh, Cam or as a striker, have two left feet, so I can't. So I'll just rather. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the kind of guy that you give me the ball like from across, and I'll miss. I'll miss it <laughs> if it's in front of me. But, but when it comes to taking the ball away, that's a different story. <laughs> you know what? It's an underrated, it's an underrated role. And I know I remember Sanji telling me when he was in the UK was that when he was trying out the for his Sunday League team, the first thing he said was, "I'm gonna go play center back." And honestly, like I don't understand why people don't like playing center back. It's so fun with like the physicality to it. Like you know, you're jumping up for the ball, you're trying to win the ball back, and like you know, you have a reason to push people. I don't think anywhere else on the field you have a reason to push people. That's true. See, the thing for me, I think the biggest thing now with, like, younger players and people that I play with in general, I feel like the art of defending is lost on people. Like, people don't enjoy defending. Mm. Like, everyone wants Mm. to score a goal, get a key pass, get an assist. Because if you look at it, that's kind of how, like, the game is kind of built, right? All these fantasy games. Like, you get bonus points for getting goals, getting assists. Or, like, a Ballon d'Or. Like, when's the last time we saw a a defender, you know, win that honor? (laughs) It's been years, man. Cannavaro? Yeah, exactly. That's how long ago. You yeah. know, that's how long ago. So yeah. been years. Yeah, and like there have been like defenders like the likes of Van Dyke, Ramos, Varane, who've kind of brought some swag back to the role, yeah. right? Some kind of actual like respect, but at the same time, you're right, like it's all about the Messi's and Ronaldo's. No offense, like they're great players, and at the end of the day, it's about who scores a goal versus who stops a goal. That's that's what people remember. But like when you're watching a game, you're just like Man, that's some great defending. Yeah. Like, I like that's how you defend, man. Yeah. Like, that's how you track back. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. you know, it's always a dirty work, man. It's always a dirty exactly. work. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, let's get down to our dirty work, though. Oh man. Uh, so a breakdown of today's episode. In the first part, we're just gonna run through some admin stuff. You know, catch up in our leagues, see how the games went, see how our assets went, take a halftime pint, like we always do. And then the second half, what we're going to do is run through the Twitter questions, run through player statuses, run through the predictions and the picks that we're going to make. And we're also going to end with a special pub quiz that I've come up with, Ross versus Andres. And we're oh, going to do man. it penalty shootout <laughs> style. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Ross, quick admin stuff. Instagram stuff is live. You know, I'm still stalking all the players, all the clubs. Apparently, is today Dominic Calvert-Lewin's birthday as well? I didn't know we shared a birthday. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Tom oh, Davies that's... was, like, tagging him in pictures and stuff. I don't know what Madison's having for dinner tonight, but we'll find out later tonight. Um, in terms of the Perfect 11 competition that I mentioned on the last episode, uh, it was something related to the Super League Open Registration. Andres, I believe you know about it, but unfortunately, you weren't allowed to take part because... No, I'm in the Super League, that's why. Right. Apparently, Andres is too good for us. That's basically what I heard. <laughs> I, I see, I see, I see. Hey, listen, I got trade secrets, yo. I got you guys, right? <laughs> I mean, if, if you want to run through that quickly, Ross, because I, I told you, you know, we'd probably discuss, you know, how I performed in that. 
But I didn't really tell you exactly what I did for that. So, in the, on the, I believe it was the Friday game, I had um, Martinez. Didn't get the clean sheet, three points. I was like, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I made a couple of weird picks, I'll definitely admit. Um, is uh, we... Oh, I picked Rodri. Um, so the reason I picked Rodri was because we're kind of used to like ball recoveries in one of our league. And I didn't realize that this perfect 11 did not have that. So I thought Rodri would have an amazing game. He could have even scored in that game. Didn't go as planned. Another unfortunate pick, Ricardo Pereira. You can't really predict injuries though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a tough one. But you know what? I'm 46 out of like a hundred and something places. There's still a long way to go. I'm pretty sure we can push the banter boys pretty far up the table. All right? Yeah. Before, you know what, Ross? Before we jump through the games, you know what? I did miss the shout-out for the platforms that were on. So let's remind listeners the platforms <laughs> that were on. Yeah. Yeah. So, listeners, uh, you can catch us on Twitter. If you do catch us on Twitter, you can be like Andreas and actually, you know, come and, like, you know, ha- like be a guest on this episode on Twitter is our Twitter handle is at Banta B. On Twitter is our anchor website, which we use to distribute the platform. So we distribute it onto Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and a bunch of these small little po- uh, podcast websites. And we're on SoundCloud. Sanji, we're on Instagram too, but we're not really um, we're not really sharing content on Instagram. We're just kind of like engaging with people and trying to get messages there. Uh, our handle is at Banta B and our, we are still kind of working with a few glitches on YouTube and should soon be live over there as well. So, yeah. So check us out. Um, I mean, the, the only thing with the Instagram stuff is the posts that I make are usually just headlines for the actual episodes that we post on Anchor. Uh, but yeah, it's just to kind of um, reach out to the community, expand it a bit further. Because I know like a lot of people on the OFPL game have started their own mini community on Instagram as well, right? So you know what? We might as well get the ball uh, rolling because that's kind of why we got this podcast going, right? We we thought that there wasn't enough content out there. And we talked about draft literally every single day. So we we're like, you know what? Let's be that person. We can't find that person, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a perfect time. Let's start running through the games day by day. We'll see how we did in our leagues or how our assets did. Friday, Newcastle versus Aston Villa. Um, I didn't get to watch this game because I ended up getting stuck in a birthday Google Meets party, so I apologize. I did catch the highlights, though. Murphy looked a decent threat. Um, the problem is Villa's not killing games off, and we talked about this, right? The lack of Grealish. Yeah. It's not... They don't have that, you know, that X factor to take them over the edge, right? Um... And the battle between Joel Linton and Mings looked also pretty decent. Did you guys have any assets from this fixture at all? First few minutes, Bertrand Chore got injured. Oh. I think that was kind of... That's the... <laughs> it yeah. was a shitty way to kind of start off the game week, right? Yeah. Uh, hopefully Bertrand Chore is doing well. Um, and it's, it was a rib injury, I think. Um, the red flag, instead of a cross flag, it was just like a full red flag. So he might be back soon. I don't know. But... Yeah, that was how I started off the game week there. <laughs> yeah, that's some um, pretty bad luck. Andres, what about you, mate? I had um just the goalkeeper. So I had a couple of points, which is nice. But uh, the only player that I'm actually looking forward to coming back for Newcastle is uh, Almerion. Yes. Yeah. McGee. Then not just him. Wilson and uh and St. Max, man. They just need that those three up there, man. It's just... It's been very lethargic between the two teams, so it's tough. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah. I think the only assets that I had from this game was in one of my leagues, I had the Villa Brigade, right? I had uh, Watkins, Grealish injured, so came used as an auto-sub. Um, Matty Target, uh, he was supposed to get the assist, but then they you know, they changed the ruling for that goal. Um, and I believe I had Frazier in one of my other leagues, he put up decent points, though, like um, close to 10 points, right? Without any sort of goal assist return. I'll take that, right? That's one of the players that we had Not shouted bad. out, Frazier. Um, we think he's going to get a run of games. Yeah. Him and Willock while ASM is out, while Almiron's out, while Calm Wilson is out, right? I think Willock continues in the starting 11 even when they come back. Oh, yeah. I think he brings a lot yeah. more stability into midfield and is an attacking threat. Yeah, definitely. So it's definitely like a, an asset to kind of keep your eye on while Newcastle kind of fight for their lives, right? Uh, to prevent relegation. Um, so I think we could jump across the the Saturday games now. 
Leeds nil, Chelsea nil. Um, guys, did you know that Leeds have actually blanked in four of the last five games? I'm actually not surprised. <laughs> that yeah. keeper, man, he's Meisler. Oh, man. Yeah. Phenomenal, man. Eight saves and a clean sheet, I think. Wow. <laughs> you know? But you, when you look at the fixtures, you're like, oh, man, should I should I put him on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Because everyone <laughs> had really tipped Chelsea to, to absolutely smash Leeds, right? But I'll be honest. I was half-half, right? Because one of the things we talked about last week was the Leeds pitch. Like, the pitch at Ellen Road is absolute garbage. Even uh, Tuchel talked about it in his post-match interview. um, Like, about it being a massive factor. Pulisic got a start. Uh, Ross, you must have been really, really happy with that one, right? That was good, yeah. He actually had a pretty decent game as well. It was weird seeing lineups come out, people saying that we were playing with a back four, people saying we're playing with a back five, but I still think, yeah, the system sticks and uh, Pulisic had that sort of uh, Cho role, Callum Hudson-Odoi role, you know? Yeah. A right wing back, but not really a right wing back, more like a second right winger. It's it's a weird thing to explain. Yeah. Um, I think right now, the person you want to go get though, Kai Havertz. Oh, yeah. Bye, bye, bye. Like, he is pretty much our second striker while time is out. And I think Giroud is going to be pushed into the Champions League a lot more, given his European experience. Um... Rodrigo's back as well, so you might want to keep an eye on uh, him because Bamford came off early with an injury. And Rodrigo and Rafinha tend to have a bit of chemistry. And I think that could take away from Bamford moving forward if Rodrigo maintains his fitness. Um, And final point, Ross, Chilwell. I mean, he put up the points, but I'm not happy with him, mate. As a Chelsea fan, he's not cutting it in that wing-back role. Bring Alonso back. What do you What do you guys think? Uh, Do you have any assets? What do you think of the game? Well, I had Melier. Oh, you were happy. <laughs> you were happy. <laughs> but I also had Bamford. Oh, so, that sucks, man. Like, oh. like three three points. Like, you know, I'm happy in that nil-nil because, like Sanji mentioned, I have Chilwell too in one of my leagues. So, like, it was it was like a bittersweet where I was like, like, oh, Bamford's injured, but I got, like, 25 points and 19 points from Melier and Chilwell. So... Like, it was kind of good that way. Uh, Kovacic also didn't start. So, like, I think he, like, his point, his spot is also kind of up for grabs. Yeah. I'm surprised Tuko went with Kovacic, like, Jorginho instead of Kovacic. Just because, like, Leeds is a team that runs. And, like, you know, you... You need runners. You need, you need runners, right? You need runners. Jorginho, one thing, one thing that he's known for is that he's incredibly slow. <laughs> so, I've got an explanation for you. Jorginho is supposed to be missing the Champions League fixture, so I'm assuming that's why the rotation was done in that particular way. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And, like, Jorginho is a great... Like, he can play the ball really well. Yeah, definitely, 100%. But I'm actually surprised Ziyech started that game. I thought the pace of the game would have been too much for his legs. Because even him... uh, He himself had admitted uh, in an interview that he wasn't 100% fit this season, right? He's still getting up to speed with the league. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That that's that's gonna be I think that's gonna be a gem next season, uh, Ziyech. Yeah, him and uh and Kai. Oh man. Yeah. That they have so many assets, Chelsea man. Phenomenal. But I think a lot of people sleep on them next year. Oh yeah, hundred percent because of their performance I, this season. I right? expect them in third, fourth round. People are gonna mm-hmm. pick them up and then they're gonna end up be they're gonna end up being a first rounder. So <laughs> watch. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I I agree with you there. Um, so, Ross, remember we did that Ziyech-Werner trade? Uh, Werner didn't start for me, but Ziyech started for you. Did absolutely nothing in the game, but got all the points again. <laughs> no, he still got 10 points, right? I, I woke up, I think, Sanjay, I woke up to your message with, like, at Ross, uh, Ziyech did the same thing again, where, like, you know, gave the ball away too much, stuff like that, but still ended up with 10 points somehow. <laughs> you know, I'll take it. At the end of the day, I'll take it, so... Like, it makes absolutely no sense. Um, I came up against a Mason Mount owner. Thankfully, he did nothing all game, really. Um, and yeah, Marcus Alonso, it was sad to see him not start, but very excited as an owner moving forward towards the playoffs. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, uh, let's jump to the next game, I think. Um, Crystal Palace won West Brom nil. So quick thoughts on this game. Zaha is back for Palace. So I think Palace are going to go back to business as usual and probably be able to score goals. Um, Zaha did not take the penalty while, uh, when they got it, uh, Millie actually took it, um, with Zaha on the pitch. So, you know, just take a note of that. Mm. 
one thing about that game. So you know how they take the knee before every game. Zaha refused to take the knee for this game. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? Ross, I'll start with you. I think Zaha's been a bit vocal about this before already. Like on like the racism. And then like in the sense that like I think everyone has the... Obviously Zaha's, Zaha's from Africa. He's a uh, player of color, right? And like he he can kind of express how he wants to see kind of the racism, the action on racism. And he, obviously he's not seeing what he wants to see, right? So to bring it back to attention, to kind of be like, hey, like, you know what? Like, taking the knee isn't enough. We're not just going to keep taking the knee if it just means that, oh, like, yeah, we took the knee and that's what we do for racism, right? And then what? Yeah. Yeah, racism is way more complicated than that. Like, you're still, you still, it's like, okay, cool. A lot of these players are privileged in the sense that, like, they're making millions of pounds every year. But, like, we're talking about racism as a whole. And if you're just taking the knee as your only solution, from an institution that makes like millions and millions of pounds, actually billions and billions of pounds every year, like you know, you need to have a bit more response, like social responsibility. Right. So I think if he's trying to bring it back to the uh, back to the front page, being like, "Hey, like we're not doing enough," right? I think it's a good opportunity to kind of listen and reevaluate what the league and what the players and the different associations of like the coaches and stuff are actually doing. That's true. Andres, you have anything to add, mate? I agree. I mean, I think, in my opinion, I, in my opinion, I think that uh, everybody is entitled to their opinion, you yeah. know. And he, it's the same thing with Colin Kaepernick in the NFL, you know. Some people have different ways of uh, adjusting or adapting to a situation like that. You know, maybe Zaha is doing stuff in the background, you know, trying to help. But sometimes, even it's not enough if national television, you know. We get to see it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's a thing that will change a lot sooner rather than later. Guys, did you have any assets from this fixture? Uh, easy. Oh, Eberizzi. Uh, uh Eberizzi. Uh, Eze. Eberizzi. Eze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I, Eze. <laughs> yeah, <cool>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, man. Uh, I just wanted to get back into like that early season form, form, and I'm happy there's a high is back. So I'm hoping like, you know, some chemical reaction happens and Crystal Palace starts killing it. But um, I'm happy for the victory. You know, I got six points with him. So it's better than nothing at the end of the day. He's still taking some set pieces. So yeah. I actually dropped him. So before this game, I actually dropped him because oh, wow. because if you look at his last few points, there are a lot more better options that I was able to get off the free agent list oh, yeah. compared to... Isaiah and players who are on form, but I said something the exact same thing. I'm like, I'm going to regret it because Zaha's back and he's going to actually start performing. Like, like you know, they're not going to sit back as much. They're going to, you know, hopefully be a bit more of an attacking threat and hopefully they can get one or two goals or assists through that. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm not going to wait around for that. I need points now, not later. So... Mm, I dropped him. True. I think he's still available in our league, Sanji, if you're not going to go pick him up right now. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, let me check my phone. Ross <laughs> likes to do this thing where he talks about an asset on the pod and just pick him up. So I have no time to like even look at anything. <laughs> always, <laughs> always. Um, so the assets that I had from this game, Matias Pereira and Mbaye Diagne, mm. uh, both got 8.5 points each. I'm still waiting for Diagne to actually score a goal. He keeps getting into amazing positions, amazing opportunities. The guy gets them on target, just no finish. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to keep waiting. And, and the other thing with Matthias Pereira as well, I've noticed that uh, Conor Gallagher started to share set pieces mm. with him. So I don't know if that's also taking away from Matthias Pereira's points. So that's one thing to consider, managers, uh, for any West Brom assets that you own. God, I hope you mm-hmm. don't own them. <laughs> Except for Barley. Except for Barley. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump to the next game. Everton 1, oh. Burnley 2. Oh, I, I, I'm so excited to talk about this game. <laughs> Burley can fucking attack, yo. Wood looks good. Vigil looks amazing as well. He could be a proper punt moving forward. Burnley, I've noticed in, over the last few games, they've started doing this high-press system where Brownhill and Westwood are actually a lot higher up rather than just sitting back, soaking pressure, making like good plays, good passes forward into the box, like moving forward with the strikers as well. Um... Everton, though, I am really worried they might have a lot of defensive issues moving forward. They look like they're just going to leak goals, even though Alan is back. We know Pickford picked up an injury, now Virginia's in net. 
and fans aren't very confident about Virginia moving forward. He isn't the greatest backup solution, especially while Olsen is still out. Right. And it doesn't help that Everton's home form is so terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, Burnley fans, if you own a Pope, he got a key pass. How amazing is that? <laughs> you know what I do hate? The fact that they changed the scoring system for yeah. a goalkeeper's key pass from six points exactly. to two points. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a recent change. I think it was this season or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a unique enough situation, right? Because remember when Ederson got the assist and I was like, yo, he got the assist. He got, like, eight, ten points through it or whatever, right? He doesn't need a clean sheet after that. But, like, a key pass in itself, like, you know, you get maybe, what, four or five a season? Yeah. And if you're not going to award them properly, then, like, you know. Give him that 10. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's definitely one thing we should all discuss with our leagues uh, during preseason is changing the goalkeeper's key pass back to six points. 100%. Uh, so, a couple more points. The tactics changed again for Everton, we noticed. Without uh, Siggy and Hammers on the field, it seems like DCL moved back to that more central role where he was almost part of every goal that Everton could possibly score, right? Yeah. Because in previous games, we saw Rich kind of getting that more forward responsibility and then DCL almost like that creative second striker role. Um, but... Gomez and Dean sharing set pieces. Not a fan because I own Dean in all my leagues. What about you guys? Any Everton or Burnley assets? What about you, Andres? Let's see. I own DCL. Uh, I own Iwobi. Oh gosh. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I have him on my bench. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, if it makes you feel any better, Iwobi has one of the most lit Instagram pages ever. Yeah, all right. I guess that does help me. <laughs> I also own Siggy and Hamid, so I have like a like a backup. But um, the player that I enjoyed the most has been pretty much DCL, man. I just I just wish he was like a Benteke, you know. Even if he doesn't score, try to get like those aerials, man. That kid, that kid could jump, man. Yeah. I wish, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. He's a forward one. Sure, he has scored as many yeah. goals this season. But he can just be a killer with all those, uh, you know, those little little uh, tactics that he could change for himself. But Everton is missing yeah. a lot. They're, they're, they need to sign a whole bunch of players, man. You know, I, I love Bernard, you know, amazing player, but it's just not enough, man. They they need they need to just throw the whole team away and just, you know, <laughs> keep summoning. <laughs> Well, I think for sure they're definitely missing a right back, right? Yes. Coleman is not mm-hmm. good enough anymore, mm-hmm. right? He's too old and they are playing centre-backs in that position. They could arguably I- improve their goalkeeper. I don't think Pickford is good enough for that England position either. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If they don't have full-backs, why not just play with the back three? Yeah. You know? Play with the back three. I think that was working for them perfectly. Yeah. yeah. With Dean on one side, it will be on exactly. the other side. I that, think that works perfectly. That's how it should be. Yeah. And then there'll be more 100%. men in the mid. You know, in the in the in the midfield, yeah. but with them, it's like yeah. it's tangent. When you have four four center backs, <laughs> the same thing with the Colombian national team. We play with four center backs <laughs> on a on a national qualifier. We ended zero zero. You know the you know the frustration. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just like that. That's why I love Everton because I got to deal with this. <laughs> but like you know what, like I think. Missing Ducore is obviously a big thing, right? Because oh yeah, yeah, we've we've seen it. We've seen him what he can do at Watford. Like he can play anywhere in that midfield. He can play right back. He's played right back for Everton. He's played wing back for Everton, right? And he can play cam. Like he can play anywhere within that like that eleven almost. But like when you miss a player like that, I don't think Gomez has the same physicality and the pace that. Or the press even that like he kind of brings into it, right? Right. Even with Tom Davies. Okay, Tom Davies is a hustle type player, but he doesn't provide that extra Verve. spark that yeah. a midfielder might need, right? So and especially you're missing you're missing Siggy, you're missing James. So like, yeah, we predicted wins for Everton, I think Sanji last week, but like thinking about it now, if Decor is actually out, I think that's a that Decora out and Siggy and James out, I think that's a big miss overall for that midfield. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Those are great points. Uh, so, I wanted to know, Andres, as a DCL owner, what position did you draft him in? He was my first draft pick. Oh, interesting. Overall, 1-1. Yeah. As in, you got him in the first round. Like, like That was your first round pick. I'm actually in, in 12 leagues. Okay, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Every single time somebody asks on Twitter, 
Oh, uh, we need a player to uh, to fill up this position in a in a in a Fantrax league. I'm the first one to to put me in. You know, trying to get that experience. You know, trying to like you know. That is awesome. I love that though. Such a dependable guy, man. Yeah, but um, one of my leagues, I I picked up uh, DCL first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got him in our OG league uh, in our sixth yeah, round. Six, yeah, sixth or seventh, yeah. Okay, wow. That's really good. It happens every season. At the tail end of the season, you kind of focus on who is shit, who is good. And that kind yeah, of sticks with yeah. you, I think, for the draft. Mm-hmm. And DCL, we know during Project Restart, had that massive drop-off from his like goal-scoring um, run when Carlo first came to Everton. So I think that's why I was able to get him so late. But um, shout-out to Luca Dean giving me 15 points for doing... Fuck all. <laughs> all right, let's jump to the next game. Fulham 0, Man City 3. Ugh. Couple of notes. All the good players got benched for this game. KDB, Mares, Sterling, Foden, and Gundogan. Uh, just so you know, even though the score was 3-0, all the goals came in the second half. So Fulham yeah. was still pretty sound defensively. Uh, City set up really weird as well. Um, almost like a 5-2-3, 5-3-2. Because they only had really Rodri and uh, and Bilva in the center, while Torres, Jesus, and Kun kind of fought it out up top. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cancelo on set pieces makes him a better option if that was even fucking possible. Um, <laughs> and I don't think Benjamin Mendy is an asset that you're going to own for the rest of the season. Definitely not. He looked terrible during the game. He basically got, what, eight points? He got six points, actually. So he just got his clean sheet points. So, Sheesh. There you go. <laughs> The un- the other thing about Man City is I feel like they could still concede like I don't know Fulham had a chance and we know Fulham can't score but it it just it just worries me like they had that like solid consistent run of clean sheets and now it's just it's just gonna hurt owners you know mm. everyone's on board yeah let's get Man City clean sheets I got hurt. it's not gonna happen now you know yeah um did you guys have any Fulham or Man City assets going into this game oh yeah I got Anderson man I don't know why I kept him on I knew, I I just thought you know what this man's about to score a eight yeah. You know, let them concede three, but Anderson, you know, he's like a little uh, Vestor guard or something like that. But Mm -hmm. now that backfired. That gave me a negative four, bro. Yeah. Not not a good idea. (laughs) Adora Bioyo also got a negative total in that game. Yeah, that was not a good idea. Definitely. Don't pick your defensive assets against uh, City guys, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Unless. Unless you're Manchester United. (laughs) Then that's different. Ross, how did your boy uh, Harrison Reed perform in this game? Not bad again. Like, you know, like the dirty work, right? He does that dirty work. I love players who just give me points for like just playing, right? Interceptions, tackled ones, ball recoveries, whatever. They took away points. Like they gave him 10 points and then I think they took away two and a half points like right after the game. So I was like, oh, whatever. But like I had Rodri too, who had 11 or 12 points with the like the ball recoveries and everything. But, you know, I was thinking about it and I was just like, Man, like, yeah, like, consistent points getters don't win you games. But, like, just having them just kind of makes you feel better because you can play them and not worry about whether or not they'll get you points, right? And against a team where you know you're going to be defending a lot more than attacking, I think it would still, like, you know, seven and a half points versus against a team that kept most of the possession, that was always, like, attacking and stuff like that. It's it's a good, good, decent return. Yeah, he seems to have uh, nailed a spot in that starting eleven, even over our lovely Andre, Frank, Zambo, and Isa. What a beast. Alright, guys, let's jump across to Sunday. Southampton 1, Brighton 2. We will talk about Brighton assets uh, for the blank game week. Um, The clean sheet, though, I know we talk about that XGC and Brighton having that good data and probably not going to concede, but man, I... I have no faith in a Brighton defense, bro. Mm-hmm. I got to keep reminding you, their starting goalkeeper is not even their starting goalkeeper. <laughs> I just feel like there's always a mistake somewhere waiting to happen. Uh, they had a slight tweet during the game as well. They started the fixture off with a 4-4-2, eventually moved to 3-4-3. That was due to the Dan Byrne injury. Mm-hmm. Um, it was weird to see Pascal Gross in that wing-back role, but it kind of worked out for them. You know, they got the win. Uh, and shout out to Welbeck and Lalana. I think they're going to be a massive difference for Brighton moving forward if they're going to pull off the great escape. I mean, they could get relegated still, right? Yeah. You guys got any Southampton or Brighton assets? Uh, I have uh, Lalana and uh, Vestergaard. So, you know, 
I was hoping for a clean sheet, but I also was hoping for, you know, double digits from Milana. That didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm like it, it was. It was a horrible game week, man. Pretty much, but um, Vestigon has definitely been one of the most underrated assets this season. I think. Oh yeah, man, that dude. When he turns it, he turns it, man. Yeah, and such a goal threat as well on set pieces. Yes, that's true. And I mean, when you have a legend like James Ward Prowse at your club, every set piece is possibly a goal for your team. Um, but yeah, I was happy to own James Ward Prowse. Got me five to six points. That was about it. Um. Shall we jump to the next game then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Leicester 5, Sheffield nil. <laughs> so the wheels are truly off. Wilder has been sacked. Has he been sacked? Evans came back for Leicester, so they looked... Mutual up... con- like. Well, I mean, mutual yeah. consent. No, I think he quit. Yeah. I think he, he quit, and I think it was good. Yeah. Like, it kind of saves him face, and it kind of saves, yeah. like, the fan base some kind of respect for him, for, like, the club, because the club were, like, were... Like, example, like, you know, Chelsea sacked Lampard, and, like, you know, fans are just like, why are you sack Like, Lampard's a legend of the club, right? Where you have another institution like Sheffield who won't sack their, like, their legendary players and their legendary coaches. So, um, it's just one of those things. The thing is, I think it's slightly different when you compare us in the sense that I think the fan base was a bit, bit more split for Chelsea. I think fans would have been okay with Lampard getting sacked because we needed to see Change. the club. Uh, yeah, you needed, we needed to win games. We spent way too much money and it was not going well. And you saw Frank Lampard's demeanor during interviews. It did not look good at all, right? Exactly. And the thing what Wilder has done at Sheffield, he's built a legacy, man. Like, it's hard to see how Sheffield are going to even play football moving forward. Because he almost invented his own tactic. Right? With the overlapping uh, centre-backs and all that stuff. Yeah. So, it, it, it's going to be a massive loss, I think, for them. I, I don't think it was the right decision because during interviews, he accepted, guys, we know we're going to go down. So, right now, we're going to focus on next season in the championship. We're going to focus yeah. moving forward. And I, you know what? I was like, all on board. Sheffield were starting to play a bit better. Yeah, okay, they were losing games. But they were starting to play with little to no fear. Right? And it, it was working out for them. But on a while ago, and oh my god, it was terrible that game. Absolutely terrible. Ampadu really showed his amateur hour. Did you guys happen to own either Vardy or Iheanacho? Uh, yes. Oh, yes on Vardy. Um, <laughs> I, I went up on Vardy in one league and I had Vardy in my other league. And hindsight, what I should have done when I saw Redmond or um, Redmond or Kovacic not playing on, on, on the Saturday or the Sundays, I should have dropped them for Nacho because he's a free agent in our league. And I would have won because he had like 47 points. So, like, it's just one of those things where, yeah, I should have picked him. But, you know, it's a classic situation of banter boys not taking their own advice. Yeah. Because we did tip him on the pod last and week. You, you guys definitely did. And I picked him up with my draft. Um, but the problem was I had three strikers already. And they were Che, DCL. And um, son. So, you know, you got to understand. You got to understand. Yeah, you got to understand that I had Kalichi in my bench. And I'm like, you know what? I got Che, who's playing against uh, Brighton. So, I I see him scoring. He scored. And then I see DCL. Oh, come on, man. He's going to score. He scores. Yeah. And then in my head, I'm like, yo, I got son. Yo, I'm freaking ready. (laughs) That didn't happen. And guess who's on the bench? Kalichi, and I lost the match by 20 points. Had I put Kalichi instead of, uh, I don't know, Che, I would have won the match. Fortunately, it didn't happen. That is rough. But I'm happy I have him, though. Yeah. I'm going to use him yeah. every single game. I'm, I'm going to milk. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah please, everybody yeah. listen to them. Get Kalichi. Use it. <laughs> Even against Manchester City, he's going to score. Don't worry. He'll score. Yeah. yeah. You know what? That could very well yeah. happen. While Madison is out, I think he's nailed the spot. And... In that two-striker system, I feel like Kelechi's the one to benefit for the goals because I feel like Vardy's going to make those sacrificial runs and put the crosses into the box. Vardy's playing like that uh, like old-school Falcao. Uh, just, you know, let me wait for the ball. I got you, and I'll just hand it back to you. You know, like yeah. a little poacher. While you see Kelechi running off, you know, trying to give him the pass back. Let's go. I'm doing the run. Yeah. Give it to me. Yeah. He's going to be a definitely good asset for the next 10, ten game weeks, in my opinion. But but even 100%. even if you look at like the 100%. games before and the goals that he scored before, like Tillman's kind of found him 
a lot more easier than he found Vardy because like Vardy attracts players, right? Oh yeah. Vardy doesn't mind. Like yeah, Vardy hasn't scored in what four or five games, but I think Vardy is beyond that. Like I need to score. I need obviously like as a striker, you need to score. You need to get on the clean sheet. But this guy's like thirty, what thirty four, thirty five at this point. Oh so, yeah. So like he's won a go- well. yeah, he's won a Golden Boot. He's won a Premier League. He's seeing what's the best thing. He's a very unselfish player, in my opinion. When it like comes down to it, like he he does all these things. He obviously wants to score, but at the end of the day, he'll do what's best for his team. And if it means that they're Kaleci scoring instead of Vardy, like. Like, he's probably okay with it if they're winning at the end of the day. That's true. Hey, hey Ross, Ricardo Pereira thought that getting a zero in a double gimmick wasn't good enough. He decided to get injured in 44 minutes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know you know what the unfortunate part of that is that Albright came on in his position and got those points instead. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. He, he, got, he got the assist. Yep, I remember that. Yep, yep, yep. Anyways, we can move on to the next game. Arsenal 2, Spurs 1. North London Derby. (laughs) I I think the reason why we need to move to a video recording is just to see Andres' reaction every time we announce a scoreline for a game. (laughs) Alright, so let's run through the game. Aubameyang benched due to disciplinary reasons? He came late. He came late? I mean, it's understandable. I heard rumors about a tattoo, but I don't know. I think that was too much. You know, I think it takes balls to do that to your star player and your captain to be like, you're late, you're you're getting benched. I don't think you should do that. Or you're going to not be on the team. And not even that. Not even come off the bench. Well, that's crazy. It takes balls to do that. So, kudos to Arteta. I give Arteta props. But when you start winning games consecutively, okay, I understand. But when you're not, I don't know if you should do that against that one. <laughs> but okay. Yeah, for sure. Like, had they lost that game or dropped points, I'm for sure all the fans would have been on Atatas' ass, right? Why didn't you play Oba? Bring him off the bench, yada, 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 right? But to be able to dominate the game the way they did until, I would say, maybe the last 10 to 15 minutes where it was basically all Spurs and Arsenal was just asking to get scored on, um, yeah, I, I thought Arsenal did a fantastic job. ESR had a great game, hit the post. I think Tierney is possibly, arguably, one of the best left-backs in the league this season. I mean, even though he was out with injury and everything, because Robertson hasn't had a great game, and I don't want to say that a United player like Luke Shaw is the best <laughs> left-back. Come on, man. Don't make me do that. <laughs> Reguillon is also fantastic at Spurs, right? He is also great at build-up play. He got the hockey assist again Yeah. Uh, for the goal, uh, for that beautiful... Oh, my God. Can we talk about that beautiful Rabona, guys? Oh, man. Eric Lemela. I think overall, if you look at the whole goal, the crossfield pass from Bale to Reguillon, the one-touch pass to Mura. Mura just, like, touches it, and then, oh, my God, that moment. I'm watching the replay. That's a goal of the year. Yeah, easily. Easy. That's, that's like, Puskas winning goal, man. If it makes Spurs fans feel any better, at least they can get a trophy there. Yeah. <laughs> that's a dig. <laughs> so, Sun got injured in this game, but from what I hear, I don't think the injury is too serious. Uh, he was able to walk off the field as well. So, there's rumors that he might be back for the Villa game even. But I feel like, realistically, it would be the mm-hmm. Newcastle game, right? After the international break, I think. Do you think he would come out in the second half? You know, just like a like the last ten minutes, I would see. You think Mourinho? I think Mourinho would do something like that if he's fit enough to make it. Like I think if it's worth, because hamstrings are kind of tough, right? You don't, obviously don't want to re-injure, right? Especially like hamstrings are one of those things that if you don't properly rehab it, it'll be. It's for life. It's for life, bro. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So right. against a team, if you're going up against what Newcastle next week, right? Right. I'd rather not risk it, him saving him, like saving him for the three weeks or the two weeks and then like him coming back after international break would be like best course of action in my opinion from like a fitness point of view. But keep in mind that he was called up, the South Korean team. Yeah, I know. You're you're absolutely right. So that's another thing. Yeah. The penalty, by the way, uh, did you guys think that Sanchez was a bit unlucky? I think he got unlucky. I think so, too. Yeah, it was just unlucky. I think so, too. I'm not saying it because I'm Colombian. I'm just saying he got unlucky. (laughs) 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 It's just conveniently, he's Colombian and he caused the penalty. My (laughs) only thing is that Lacazette's already, like, before before the challenge, Lacazette's already made his shot shot on the ball, right? Right. And then it's the clattering or whatever. So I just think it's unlu- super unlucky in that sense. But like, but it's one thing that we've said. 
contact in the box, you're going to get fouled. Regardless of where the, like, how the, how much contact there is, even if it's like, you know, even though it's still super inconsistent, we'll still see like calls that have never been given before just because it was contact in the box and, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, like it's a penalty. And I guess we can all agree that, uh, Eric Lamella was going to get sent off at one point in that game. Oh, yeah. I think there's a Domino's tweet where, you come, you deliver, and then you go off. That's That's great. Uh, did you guys have any um, Arsenal or Spurs assets? I know, Andres, you talked about the pain of sun. Yeah, Sorry about that, right. man. <laughs> yeah, I only had sun for, for this one. I was going up against sun. We all know Ross has Gareth Bale. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? Like, Gareth Bale got a negative 0.5, and I had Reg in two leagues, and, like, he got negative points, too. But, like, yeah. Gareth, first of all, Mourinho just, like, 62 minutes, Gareth Bale, you're off. Like, not even, like, a point of discussion, right? If you knew, though, the first sub is always going to be Gareth Bale, you're coming off. The funniest thing was during the game, like, when he was about to get subbed, Bale was like, wait, I'm coming off? Like, <laughs> he was so confused. Like, he didn't know the plan. Like That's another thing. Uh, another thing I've noticed, um, Spurs' defensive assets, man, especially the fullbacks, is it, like, smart to hold on to two fullbacks like Doherty and Regolion and Aurier you know like is it is it worth having that on your bench so that you can you know you know what I'm saying and then dropping them like I feel like it's becoming like a pep roulette kind of sort of thing now yeah so this was actually a dilemma that I faced earlier in my season right I was a proud owner of uh, Aurier and Doherty assets but eventually I dropped Doherty because Yes, the player could get you points and stuff, but watching the game, Doherty playing... He's not the same player, bro. He looks so bad. Yeah. Him and Chilwell, man. Compared to last yeah, season... so bad. Compared to last season, Chilwell <laughs> so and, and Doherty? Yeah, bro. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So I dropped Doherty. Yeah. I dropped Doherty for another Shaw starter, right? So, like, I would drop Doherty and go pick up, like, Ben Mee or Tarkovsky. Right. Because I know they're going to play for sure, right? Consistently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If if you have those consistent starters, then I think you can afford to pick up that rotation fullback like right. Chilwell or that Alonso, as long as you have somebody else in that backup right. spot, right? Yeah. But when you go like and you tie them both, the problem is is yes, it is fantasy, but yes, at the same time, it is real life. You don't know how these players are interacting with these managers. Let's say that Mourinho wakes up one day and is like, "Oh well, you know, I hate Doherty all of a sudden today. <laughs> I'm gonna bench Doherty and bench Ore." Like, oh, gosh. You, you can never predict that, And then right? there's Davies and Rondon. No, man, it's too much. <laughs> 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 that's so. That's why I'd rather just have Reguillon because I think in the Premier League, at least, his spot is for more for more or less nailed on, right? Yeah. Because I had, I had Doherty and Ori in one of my leagues before, but I was like, as soon as I saw Reguillon kind of, like, become available, I dropped one for the for I dropped, I think, Aurier for Regulion, and I think I dropped one of the other ones for, like, a midfielder, because I was like, man, at least Regulion starts, and I'd rather just have that with me. Yeah. So... Yeah. And, like, the, the best thing to also do is try to read up as much of the presses before the game week starts, right? Um, follow Ben Dinnery, follow Colm Hayes, like, these two guys are amazing when it comes to, like, feedback in terms of interviews. So go follow these guys right now. Definitely. Go follow them. I never sleep. <laughs> I never sleep. Yeah. Oh, for for you guys, for me, it's six o'clock, five o'clock in the morning to look at all of these pressers, okay? So I have an alarm on Alexa, like, well, hold on. No, Alexa, don't say anything. <laughs> but uh, I have it like I wake up at four AM just to make sure who to pick up on the waiver wire before everybody else. We're in the ten time old. zone, Andreas. I hate oh, right. waking up for lineups in the morning, man. Like, 6.30 in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning on Saturday and Sunday. Like, Sanji does it. I don't know how he does it, but I'm just like, man, I don't want to wake up. My girlfriend hates it. She hates it because I always, like, turn around to grab my phone so I don't make noise. And then, and it's, like, automatic. Like, I, I can sleep, but you know, oh, snap, the game starts at 5, uh, 6 yeah. o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah, I got to, like, yeah. be up yeah. four thirty five five 5.30 in the morning to make sure who the heck is going to start and where I'm going to drop. It's a whole thing, man. It's just... You just got to get used to it. <laughs> no matter how much little or how much I sleep, like, I will always be up for lineups. Literally, like, a minute before, like, okay, we got to tweak lineups. We got to post lineups. Who's the FA I'm going to pick up this time? Like, it's 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 bad, yep. man. It's really bad. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> this season, I'm bit better. Instead of waking up at 6.30, I'll wake up at 7. So, like, she'll give me, uh, like, a half an hour extra of sleep. But, like, I remember, like, a couple of seasons ago where I was just, like, 6.30, alarm. It doesn't matter what time I slept on Friday night. 6.30 on the dot, I was up checking lineups. Yeah. Yo, it's going to be... It's going to be tough, especially with uh, now since yeah, it's yeah. spring now, right? No, not yet. It's about to be spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, the, with the hour, yeah. uh, hour ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, it's a struggle, <laughs> man. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's jump to the next game. Manchester United won. West Ham won. Oh. The United Derby. That's what we call it, right? Um, West Ham offered no threat. Well, I mean, Jesse Lingard. Sorry, Messi Lingard did not play. Oh, I got. It. I love. Put him. some respect Sorry. on that name. But you know what, Ross? Speaking of respect, I feel like Moyes showed too much respect to the top six team again, man. Again, it was just one of those things, man. And like his former club too. So, like, I don't know. Like, you know, I I think at times Moyes has an inferiority complex. Like, I think that's kind of what his downfall was at United at the end of the day. Not just that he's a football genius, but like, like I think throughout his whole career, he pays too much respect. Like and when he doesn't, their team wins. I don't get it why he does this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Shaw was still playing winger as as usual. Uh, Greenwood, I would like to tip to have a late run of form. Man, he seems to be one of those players that is getting a consistent set of uh, starts. He's not injured. Okay, sure, he's not scoring goals, but you watch game by game, he's getting closer and closer, right? So it might be one for your playoffs moving forward. Guys, did you have any Manchester United or West Ham assets from this game? I had both Antonio and I had Lingard, but obviously he didn't start, so he was on my bench. Um, I was frustrated, man, you know, like I was hoping Antonio to get, you know, a couple of ghosties, you know, like last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But ever since he's been playing up front, he hasn't been as much, you know, as, as much lethal as he is unless, you know, Jay yeah. Lings is with him. Yeah. yeah, if you were playing like in a winger role or something like that, for him to create his own chances, it would be a different story. But um, yeah, man, I'm just hoping you know once the next game for West Ham, you know, he can give me something, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've noticed this change in his game almost because we know Antonio's a a points monster in this format, right? Oh yeah. But it seems like I don't know if it's fatigue, maybe congestion of fixtures, and just. He's the only one that is really playing that role, right? Ever since they sold or got rid of Sebastian Halaya to Ajax, they never had anyone to kind of give him backup. So I feel like... He's getting jaded. Maybe he hasn't had a proper rest. And yeah, he's kind of tired, right? right? And now that you have the likes of Jesse Lingard and actual runners behind you, they kind of just stick, make it simple. Antonio, you hold up the ball, let people run off of you and just pop up in the box. I think Antonio will still pop up with goals. Oh, no, of course. And there's a chance that he might even be beyond pens because Lingard missed the last one. They were talking about Rice not being on pens as usual. So, like, I would still love to be an Antonio owner. It's just, it gives me a bit of worry the way he's, like, looking in games, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So, like, would you would you try and maybe possibly trade him before playoffs if you notice that he's... Kind of... Uh, that's what I'm thinking about. That's, that's what I'm thinking about. But, uh, man, it's kind of... Uh, it's a tough you know, one, I, I, It's <laughs> tough, you know? I like Antonio. Yeah. He's, he's dope. But it's just, like, if you're in the playoffs, man, and you know you need them consistent points, and somebody's, you know, needs something, you know, I'm going to have to give him away. You know, there's nothing else I can do about it. Yeah. Unless... I'm going to counter that. In the sense that, like, last year during Project Restart, we saw Antonio in some great form. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, apart from that last game, apart from that last Premier League game, the seven, however many games it was, I think it was seven, eight games or whatever. Yeah. He was in incredible form, right? When West Ham is making that push for top four, you're going to see a lot more positive signs from Antonio, especially because their fixture congestion will go down a lot. Right, they'll have the maybe the. I think the Premier League in general will have a lot less fixture congestion because it will be in running in tandem with the European competitions, so they can't have regular, uh, regular midweek games as much as they did like in the like the first twenty seven, twenty eight games, and I think right. with that rest in between, and with I think now that West Ham are still 
West Ham, I think, only have three more top six, top eight games left. I think you're going to see a lot more form from Antonio. I would, I have him, and I would hold on to him. Unless I get, like, a Man City player or whatever. But I think with that push for top four, I think you're going to see Antonio that we saw in Project Restart where he's scoring three or four goals. Or he's assisting with, like, Lingard, Bowen, or whoever's kind of starting up front with them. Well, I better hope he puts in Ben Rama. <laughs> <laughs> I've been. I also have him too. And like in my other league, man, I'm like waiting, man. Like, where's Ben Rama at, man? I want to see how he is. In, like, how he was in the championship, you know? Like, put him in there, man. You know, instead of it's playing it safe. Come on, man. We got to put all them assets in there. You know? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> hey, hey, Ross. My first pick didn't play again. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, he's injured, so. Yeah. Sure. We can use that excuse. Um, all right, let's move on to the last game of the week. Monday game, Wolves versus Liverpool. Liverpool sneaking out that 1-0 win. Did not deserve to win at all, Ross. Wolves really should have scored. I think we needed that, though. We needed that, like, like that dirty win you just win by, like, holding on to, like, you know, <sighs> like, holding on to everything to just win. The one time, the one time, I don't want the freaking Liverpool goalkeeper to do nothing. And they freaking get a clean sheet. Like, why? (laughs) You know know what the problem is? Is William Jose isn't good enough for that Wolves team. 100%. Fabio Silva came on and did more in his 19 minutes. I, I think he got like five points. Got probably at least two shots on target. William Jose did absolutely nothing to affect that back line of Liverpool. Um, Mane wasted chances as well. Salah should have scored. Jota looks amazing, and TAA, I think, is coming back to his best form possible. Um, also, yo, Russ, really love the look of Kabak in this game. He had some positive signs, like, almost went through that mazy run through the entire midfield. Yeah, and so on, like, a free kick right at the end, like, you know, he's quick, he's good on the ball, he's getting the interceptions, and even, like, that solid, just the old-school defender that Phillips kind of brings into, like, the duo where you're just winning duels and you're getting key kind of like clearances and stuff like that. And you know what? I called it. Put Fabinho back in midfield and you'll see a definite change in our results, man. I called it. I was like, yo, he's he had the f- last few minutes against Fulham. He had the game against Leipzig. Put him back in midfield and you'll see the change in form. And I'm not going to obviously, like there's obviously so many different things, but he's probably one of the best holding midfielders in the world, right? And the, the holding midfielders don't get enough, like, you know, fame or fortune as other kind of uh, players on the pitch, maybe even less than, like, defenders, but they do so much dirty work that it's, like, you know, like, you just, like, okay, thank God Fabinho is there. Thank God the likes of Rodri are there, right? Like, like Fabinho made a huge difference to our midfield. The only thing right now is I wish we played Curtis Jones instead of Genie because... Curtis Jones brings way more energy into that midfield. And, like, even if it's for 60-70 minutes, you know, for those 60-70 minutes, Curtis Jones is not going to stop running. Jota, man, like, you know, one of those also other things where all the fans are just, like, bring him back into, like, when he gets fit and when he gets starting again, it's going to be a big thing. One thing I would like to mention is hopefully Rui Patricio... It wasn't, I, I was hearing and like post-match interviews was that it wasn't bad. He was remembering things. He was verbal, which are good signs. But like, man, like, you know, that really sucks. Uh, for, it was a nasty hit. For Wolves, two nasty. instances this season so far, right? With the, yeah. uh, with the Raul one and now with Patricio. And like, it just sucks where like, you know, you're like, that that's happened where like, you know, we saw the, almost the worst case scenario for, uh, for them already. And hopefully like. Rui Patricia one isn't that bad. Yeah, definitely. Our prayers and thoughts are with Rui and his family. Guys, did you have any Liverpool or Wolves assets from this game? Sanji, why are you um... asking me that question? <laughs> <laughs> I actually own Moutinho. Oh, so do Keep I. Keep a lookout. So do Keep I. Keep a lookout. I love this guy. That man's just coming back. I love this guy. Man's just... I agree. Yo. Andres, Yo, why don't you talk is... about our man, Moutinho? Oh, man. You know what? The funny thing is, uh, the the community league. I picked up Neves. Mm. Neves was pick- people were were bringing down Neves, and Neves was like good, maybe like nine or ten games, and I don't even know what the heck he was doing. He was just giving <laughs> me double digits. Yeah. And then, and then that little hiccup when they subbed him out, and I know I'm starting to notice. Oh, 
look, Moutinho's starting to pick up his numbers little by little. So you know what? Let me pick him up. Pick him up and freaking enjoy him, you know, definitely. Yeah, bro. But um in this game I had uh I had I had Moutinho starting and I had Nathaniel Phillips. Mm. Now I have a question for you guys. Do you guys think now since Quebec and Nathaniel Phillips are both together in the center back role, do you think Nathaniel Phillips keeps that role now? Hundred percent. Right? Hundred percent. Matip is not coming back, I don't think so. Neither of the defenders are coming back. No. None of the you know, and I and I feel like I, I feel like it's either him or Davies, and Davies has played, but he hasn't been. I don't. Th- yeah, I don't like, think he's been like gelling it. No, no, like he hasn't been at all. Like he, he hasn't even gotten a chance to be on like the like the team squad list because Klopp has said that he has. He's not. He's not up to speed yet. Right. Is his exact. Okay. He's in training every day. It's not like he's injured, but he's not up to speed yet, which makes sense. Like he's a, he is coming from like one of the lower leagues and stuff like that. But Nat Phillips and Quebec. Is I think barring hopefully fingers crossed, knock on wood, okay. and, like you know, throw salt over my shoulder, <laughs> no injury. That should be our center back duo for the rest of the season. I picked them up, uh, Nathaniel Phillips, like four hours before the game started. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping I get to have it because I don't really have like a good like center backs like in in my lineup. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know, because Nathaniel Phillips, even even if he, even if he uh. He concedes. The dude still gets numbers. Aerial duels, man. Yeah, man. The dude is... He just gets numbers. So I'm comfortable pretty much putting him in there, you know? That's that's what I like about a center back. Okay, sure. I got conceded. I don't get, you know, those extra points. But I know that you're going to give me those points, whatever aerial interception or whatever. So definitely, man. That's a player definitely to look out for. Yeah, he's not the most graceful center back. But you know what? Like Ross says, he cares about the points, not the player. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. All right. I think this is the perfect time for us to take our halftime pint. All right, guys, we'll be back in a bit.